Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 36 of It's Not the Worst Movie Ever podcast. We're bringing you this episode on March 15th, 2021. I am your host, Lee Paddock, and my co-host, Sterling Hammer. And, as with all of these films, spoiler warning, and now, let's just get into the film. So, of course, uh, this week, it was my choice. I'm Lee, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is my choice, and I decided to choose, uh, actually, a couple of two different movies, weirdly enough. Uh, directed, of course, by our uh, our favorite, our favorite person, Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Ketekunta. Uh, Macumba Macumbo. Yeah. Um. <laughs> that's, I don't know what I was going for. There. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. But yeah, we de- I decided to talk about Jackie Brown, uh, this week. From 1997, it was actually released on Christmas Day, 1997. Strangely enough, a lot of your movies center around this time era, or are released. Or, yeah, released. Well, that seems to be a a common thing with Tarantino's movies. Uh, this movie was released around Christmas time. No, Django. I meant uh, yeah that, but also I meant like you, you. A lot of the movies we watched from you recently, anyway, are the late 90s. Well, 97, 98, I'm talking about like the time in the year. This was released in Christmas. But yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and my uh, next couple of choices, uh, we're going to be kind of moving away from the 90s a little bit. Just to give you a little heads up. Uh, but yeah, I also, though, decided that I wanted to watch Tarantino's <laughs> unfinished project film project called my best friend's birthday somehow the thing he he, you wanted to watch the thing before reservoir dogs okay yes i wanted to see you know because i i kind of want to watch every piece of uh ephemera uh that uh quentin tarantino has written and produced and directed you're taking Um, me on the ride i'm taking you on that ride with me um although I spared you uh, the experience of watching my best friend's birthday. Um, and we'll get into that. Is that what it's bit. called? The Yeah, that's what it's called. That's what the It's a short film. I think it was supposed to be a feature-length film, but uh he just didn't have the money or time to finish it. And I think he kind of I think he sort of realized like it wasn't really coming together very well in terms of the story or, or filmmaking. You're going to have his weird kind of directing and plot. you got to have them good actors with it. Uh, yes. And uh, I can say f- without a doubt, like, this is, it was an amateur film. Uh, <laughs> it was amateurly produced, amateurly made. Amateurly? Is that a word? Uh, <laughs> um, It was, yeah, it's just... You could see the seeds of uh, how he would eventually make his films, how he would write his films later on, and like his like there's references to all the movies that he loves, the exploitation stuff, um, French New Wave cinema, Brian De Palma films, all the stuff that he was, uh, you know, he grew up watching basically. Mm. Um, and this was around, I think this is the time he was working in uh, the video store where he was discovered by an actual oh, yeah. film producer. You told me, I remember this story. Um, and I think there are scenes that are actually shot in the video store <laughs> and in his apartment. I'm pretty sure there are many scenes in this film that are just shot in his apartment. You're budgeting. I don't think there was, I b- think there was barely any money involved with this production. <laughs> Um, and it, I guess I, I'll s- guess I'll just start talking about it now just to get it out of the way. Um, yeah, the plot 
plot in quotation marks. There's For a lot of his movies. Barely any plot. There's barely any. But this is even more so. Like, this movie is literally about nothing. It's pure nonsense. So I guess the, the overall setup is that I guess it takes place or it centers around these people who work at a radio station. They're disc jockeys. Quentin Tarantino is one of them. Um, and they're, I guess they're all getting ready for uh, a party that they're going to for their best friend, right? Boring. My best friend's birthday, right? Um, and Quentin Tarantino plays a disc jockey who I guess is styling himself after Elvis. He has the pompadour and ridiculous clothes and tries to talk all cool and it's it's oh God, cringy it as fuck. Cringe. It's absolutely terrible. If you if, if you've seen Quentin Tarantino's acting in some of his terrible. other movies, awful. This is that but in overdrive and worse. He's in the whole thing. He plays a major character. Um usually terrible. in his later films he's just a yeah, it is a cameo. cameo or something. Some some small, so you can't notice it too or much. Or sometimes he doesn't appear at all. Like which are film. the better parts? <laughs> um, but yeah, and I yeah, there's these other characters, and they're all just talking about they're talking about movies and uh, bullshit that's happening in their life, relationships. There's the the titular best friend character, who I guess is having relationship problems. He. <laughs> There's a really bizarre scene where uh, I guess uh, his friends hire a call girl to go to his house and uh, like for because it's his birthday, right? Yeah. Uh, so like before they have the party, you know, give him a you know, little fucking uh, before uh, you know we have this party. So uh, Tarantino hires the call girl, and there's this long scene. Of Tarantino like negotiating with the call girl, which goes nowhere, other than to say, "Okay, she's gonna, she's gonna do a thing. She's gonna do her job." And then, for some reason, uh, her pimp shows up. Her black pimp shows up, and they have a ridiculous, over-the-top fight scene. Which I think is supposed to be an homage to the kung fu movies that Quentin Tarantino loves. Kung fu movies will be uh, kind of the the focus of his next film after Jackie Brown, Kill Bill. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, uh. So yeah, and it's just it. The movie is nonsense. It's not. It's not a complete movie. It's a short film. Yeah. But uh, I think. It just cuts off. There's no ending. Because he just didn't get to He's finish quit. it. He wasn't able to finish it. But I also think, yeah, at a certain point, and he's ashamed. He barely talks about it. He doesn't He doesn't, He doesn't. doesn't like talking about it. wish it wasn't on the internet. Probably, yeah. Where'd um, you even watch it? YouTube. It's on YouTube. For now. <laughs> For now, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he uh, is definitely, he definitely does not like to talk about it. He'd probably be... He would probably be kind of <laughs> frustrated with me for even mentioning it and devoting so much time to it. When he's, you're, when he's like, talk about the movie that I actually like. Yes, he's actually, yeah. We will in just a moment. But I just, I wanted to see, because I had heard so much about it. I wanted to see what it was like. And now I know. It's garbage. Awful. My chauffeur's better. In a way, uh, you know, yes, but like with a thousand asterisks next to it, asterisks. AKA Lee's life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, that's my best friend's birthday. Don't watch it. I don't recommend it unless you are a, as much of a Quentin Tarantino fan as I am, and you want to see everything that he's ever done. There's one more thing that he's written, written and directed, that I have not seen. And it's a movie called Four Rooms. Uh, but he did not... It's an anthology film, so it's made up of different, like, little segments, and he just wrote and directed one of them. Oh. Um, and the other two, other three segments 
were directed by the other like kind of major indie directors at the time who didn't really uh, <laughs> make it as much as Tarantino did. Well, yeah, when did that come out? I think it came out. I want to say it came out either the year of or the year after Pulp Fiction. Oh. Or maybe the year before. I mean, he was getting big from Pulp Fiction. Right, and I mean, Reservoir Dogs was also kind of an indie, like, cult sensation at the time. But, uh, yeah, it's the only thing of his that he's written and directed that I haven't seen. He's been involved with a bunch of other weird projects. He's he tried to be an actor. That's what he really originally wanted to be. Um, Bad. He, he he gave up on that, thankfully. Um, thankfully. <laughs> sorry, Mr. Tarantino, but he would he would probably agree. Uh, the only <laughs> the only performance of his that I would say that I actually like would be his performance in Little Nicky. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to believe that he would be in a movie like that. But uh, if, you, <laughs> if you've seen that movie and you're like, wait a minute, Quentin Tarantino was in that film? Who does he play? Little Nicky? Yeah, Little Nicky. That movie with Adam oh, I Sandler. I love Nick, Little Nicky, but I don't remember him in it. Well, he plays the, uh, the priest, the one who's, like, oh, on the, the street one? corner. He's like, we are all gonna die, and he keeps... Like, falling down the stairs and shit. And then he goes blind or something, and he just... Yeah, yeah, I remember that character now. <laughs> now just, I'm remembering it. It's it's ridiculous. But, yeah, that's Quentin Tarantino. Random as fuck. <laughs> so, I've wasted enough time talking about now some of this other Now we talk about bullshit. the movie we watched. <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, So, we watched Jackie Brown from 1997. Um... This film is uh, pretty unique amongst Quentin Tarantino's films because, one, uh, it's not an original screenplay. Um, this is the first and only film that he wrote and directed that uh, is not in a, you know, something that he came up with on his own. Uh, this is based off of a novel called Rum Punch, uh, and it's from, and it's written, it's a book that's written by uh, one of the great crime authors, crime novel authors, uh, Elmore Leonard, who uh, is kind of famous for uh, you know, some of the big adaptations of his work would be things like Get Shorty with uh, John Travolta, uh, which also kind of came out in the early 90s, another sort of, yeah, Almost, yeah, because Tarantino was heavily influenced by Elmore Leonard. That's why he really wanted to pursue this project. Um, yeah, Get Shorty, that was a big movie that kind of came out. It's uh, based off of uh, the works of Elmore Leonard. He did a show that I really like. Or uh, he wrote a, a series of novels that became a TV show that I really liked called Justified. Uh, and apparently Quentin Tarantino really liked it because... Uh, a lot of the actors <laughs> who were in that show would appear in some of his later films, like Django Unchained and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Hateful Eight. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of it's sort of the black sheep of Tarantino's filmography, and that's why I kind of uh, wanted to talk about it. Uh, it's not my favorite. I'll, I guess I'll spoil it right off the bat. It's not my favorite Tarantino movie, um, but I, I really enjoy this movie. There's a lot of things that I like about it. I like it because it's different from his, uh, from his other films. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll get into that a little later, and I guess I should kind of explain what the plot of this film is. Uh, it's kind of complicated, actually. So bear with me as I try to explain it. So, of course, uh, the film centers on our, our title character, uh, Jackie Brown. Uh, and she is a uh, airline stewardess who uh, works for, like, this uh, shitty, like, Mexican uh, yeah, airline. Yeah. Um, because you find charter flight. Because, you, like, you find out later she has, like, a past history, a criminal history. Yeah. Um, 
and you know she could only really get a job with this you know kind of crappy you know she, charter. She got blacklisted from all the from all the major, major airlines. Ones. So yeah, uh, but she also is uh, to make I guess a little to make a little extra money on the side. She's working with a gun runner uh, named Ordell. Uh, and she sort of like smuggles money for him uh, mm-hmm. across the you know across the country, and uh, during one of these uh, sort of smuggling rounds, she gets caught by a couple of ATF agents, and they uh, they propose to her a, a deal to uh, you know inform on Ordell and to you know kind of end his uh, his operation. Uh, but Ordell is kind of a, a ruthless character who, uh, when finding out, you know, when bailing out another one of his uh, uh, cronies, I guess, who goes to jail, uh, finds out that this guy is also offered, like, a, a deal by the police and murders this guy. Yeah. And so uh, this, uh, this is the fate that he has in mind for... Uh, for Jackie Brown. So Jackie comes up with this plan along with uh, the bail bondsman who sort of gets caught up in all this. Yeah, because he falls in love with her. He like, falls in love, he falls in love with Jackie. Um, <laughs> yeah, at first sight, basically. Um, he gets mixed up in this, and they just devise a plot to get Ordell's money that he smuggles to Mexico because that's like... Yeah, it's all the money that he makes from all this yeah, illegal gun Yeah, trick him into sales. bringing all his money back into America so she mm-hmm. won't do a plea and then uh, steal it and then and they get him arrested by the police. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm in the clear. Yep, and so, pretty, and yeah, she gets all these other characters sort of mixed up into all this. Uh, uh, <laughs> this uh, character that Sam Jackson, or... Damn it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the cast yet. I want to just talk about the characters. Um, yeah, this, there's this character that Ordell knows. Uh, I guess uh, an old uh, criminal char- uh, criminal that he, he used to rob that banks used with. To rob banks with back in Detroit. Um, and he's he came out, he's been brought out to California, I guess, to be part of uh, Ordell's operation. Because he used to be a bit, like, I guess he was, like, kind of the brains behind the bank robbing. <laughs> but he's a little older now, so mm. uh, he's a little, not exactly the brains anymore. No, he's slow. Much slower. Um, he's He s- just loves to smoke weed now. Yeah. Um, and that's because he also kind of gets involved, he gets involved with uh, Ordell's uh, kind of surfer chick uh bottom bitch his bottom bitch i guess you would say uh named melanie uh who just annoys the crap out of everybody yeah uh she's a whiny white girl yeah because you know she wants to be a part of uh the operation but But she's too dumb and yeah like naive yeah she just like no she's just you know she's there for window dressing basically He's yeah. just one of the girls that uh, Ordell kind of has put up uh, around. Well, Ordell cares ar- about her around California. He cares about. He gets upset. A lot of his girls, I think. He gets upset later when something happens. Yeah, but yeah, I guess that's pretty much the the overall plot. Uh, and I almost kind of think the plot's not the most important part of this movie. I love how, it, like, for a lot of your movies, that's always a good point you bring up. But the plot isn't the most important part. But then with my movies, it's always the most important part. And also, the plot is always the most important part. So, bad. Yeah, I. the plot is... Your movies do have a little bit more plot sometimes than mine, I'll admit. But the, a, a lot of your not movies interesting. don't have plot. But they're not interesting plots, and they don't this have interesting characters. was not... Interesting. I'm going to chime in, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, bad movie. Don't like it. Boring. Characters. Samuel Jackson's the only good one, but that's just a classic case of Samuel Jackson's disease. He just <laughs> disease? Made, he's the only good thing in a movie. Everyone else is just... I mean, Jackie Brown, I hated before I even saw her, but I was just like f- messing with Lee. And I grew to like her a little bit in the movie, but not that much. 
Robert De Niro, like the like he's like uh, you'll find out in some of the social media posts, he wasn't in it. He was just fucking barely there. He just kind of coughed. <laughs> he <laughs> he's just while. smoking weed. And it was just kind of like. And Samuel Jackson would ask him a question. He go, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, Max is just kind of just. <laughs> And then you got the two cops. <laughs> it's just a lot of that. Most of the movies, most of the characters are just white guys going. <laughs> no, I don't. And then the interesting character, fun. Oh, Chris Tucker, he's fun. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> like five minutes in. Killed by the other interesting character. Yeah. And so I just, I'm, I'm sorry. No, like the plot's got to be a little more. If you're gonna have, I mean, this like, totally like story-driven movie, it's like, well, the story's. I don't think this is a story-driven movie. I think this is a character-driven movie. Okay, can the characters be in a good story? Well, I think this to me, this story is interesting enough. It barely makes. Sense. I actually kind of want to read the book that it's based on, because um, I, I know it's different. Yeah, I'm sure. I know uh, Tarantino changed a lot. Uh, he changed a lot, mainly because he wanted to work with the main actress in this film, Pam Greer, who plays the title character, Jackie Brown. Uh, mm. The reason why Tarantino wanted to work with Pam Greer so much is because he is a, a huge fan of what was called uh, the black exploitation genre from the 1970s. Yeah. Uh, these were yeah. sort of low-budget, don't give me eh, um, these were low budget, like independent, uh, African American centric, uh, kind of like action movies, crime movies. Uh, they were important. They were important because they were pretty much like the only movies where, at the time at least, where you could have real black leads that weren't, you know, they weren't just the sidekicks. They weren't the butt of the joke. They weren't comic relief. They were the heroes a lot of the time. Yeah, but in like these like. But uh, a lot of the time, uh, eventually the genre did get criticism because a lot of the time the characters were mostly criminals. Yeah. Pimps, uh, prostitutes, black people. You know, it's yeah, it's eventually like black audiences were like, well, this this isn't what this isn't all we are. <laughs> yeah, some of us work at Office Depot. Yeah, it's like it didn't at a certain point it didn't represent what black people were feeling at the time. They got it was they liked the initial power empowerment fantasy that it represented, but then that kind of wore off. Um and but yeah, Tarantino grew up watching these movies. He watched them in theaters. Um he said like uh his mom had a lot of uh I guess a lot of boyfriends um, who would take him to the movies all the time, and they would take him to like uh, grindhouse theaters and theaters where they would show uh, black exploitation movies. Yeah, um, that's the thing that he grew up with, and that's the thing he loves to reference. Where uh, did he get the dirty feet? I don't know. Does he get it in this movie? Dirty he, white a little girl bit. feet. Not he as loves, much as in uh, some of his other He movies. loves dirty white girl feet. There's probably a lot more, and it got cut out. Because he's like, this doesn't make oh, sense. I, I feel like this uh, is a much longer movie. There's scene. I think there's a lot I of I bet there were scenes thing. where they lingered on those feet. And <laughs> like during the editing, he was just like, you know, my fetish and all, it doesn't make sense to focus in on white girl feet right after uh, Jackie Brown talks for like 10 minutes. <laughs> wow. Because it's always dirty little white girl feet. That's what gets them off. I don't know. This is hilarious how obvious it is. He doesn't hide it. It's pretty funny. It's like, why else would you just show her feet? But he doesn't do it in every movie. No, but uh, if there's a pretty little white girl in it, yeah, he does. Because not every movie has a pretty little white girl in it. (laughs) But anyone that name, I mean, yeah. Name one with a little pretty white girl in it, and you don't see her dirty little feet. Uh, Hateful Eight? There's not a lead little white girl. But it's, it's a white girl. It's Jennifer Jason Lee. 
And she's screaming and cursing and stabbing and bleeding people. Like, and they're all wrapped up in like furs. No, that would have <laughs> You see her feet kicking at the end. Spoilers. Yes, but not barefoot. Very and it true. doesn't focus on it. Very true. Yeah, not okay. dirty. I'm just saying. Okay, but that that oh, I I don't know. That's that. Kill all. Bill. I bet there's a lot of focus on there, her feet. There's there's some feet stuff. The, in that the movie. Like Hollywood. Big time. Hollywood. You see the bottom of her feet for no reason. Dirty feet the whole time. That's when I first noticed. Like, wow, why are her feet dirty? <laughs> yeah, she had shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't I don't know what to tell you on this that movie. One. Pulp Fiction a little bit. Yes. He loves Uma Thurman's feet. I know that. They're Focuses on them a lot. White, uh, little petite feet. That's what he likes. He likes little white, petite, dirty feet. He focuses on them a lot in Kill Bill. <laughs> I uh, bet. Because there's a lot of scenes. I've never seen the movie, which I will soon, I know. Uh, there's maybe. a lot of scenes in that movie. Yeah, you will. <laughs> where she's like crawling out of dirt, and he was all like, oh, this is, he probably was like the one rubbing the dirt on himself. I, I don't know. This is a conversation I don't want to have right now. Quentin doesn't want to listen to this podcast. <laughs> he probably already turned it off. Like as soon as we started talking, as soon as I started talking about my best friend's birthday, <laughs> he's like, "No, <laughs> blacklist them." <laughs> uh, but yeah, he uh, he was a major fan of Pam Greer, um, and that was the reason why. Um, he really want he really wanted her to be the lead in this movie, the the character in the book the novel uh, is white, um, so you know he kind of did a little bit of race changing there, yeah, which is fine. The character's name in that in the novel is Jackie Burke, yeah. but uh, in the, yeah he renamed renamed her Jackie Brown because it's actually a reference to uh, a character she played called Foxy Brown. In fact, that's the name of the the movie, one of the movies that she was in, Foxy Brown. Yeah, everyone, I mean, I feel like everyone's heard that at least, Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown. It's like, um... It's almost like, I think, in a way, Tarantino kind of wanted to make, like, his own sort of, like, sequel to it. Like, what if... years later. What if we saw her 30 years later and she's old now? <laughs> Uh, that's interesting to me. But, yeah, it's, you know, I, I think Pam Greer does a pretty pretty damn good job in this movie. I do think maybe one of my criticisms of this film, strangely enough, uh, I do think she almost kind of gets overshadowed by uh, some of the other things. Uh, you know, obviously, Samuel Jackson, Sam Jackson, Jackson everybody. Overshadows, overshadows everybody. Everybody in this movie. I think he dominates. Just his hairstyle really. does. <laughs> yeah, he is. And that was his idea to have that hairstyle. And the, the little the bra- rat goatee. The and goatee. The, uh-huh. Yeah. And the fucking long gross. black ponytail. <laughs> I wasn't saying gross about the goatee. It's something Sterling just did. I flipped him off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like his hair was gross looking when it wasn't in a ponytail. It just looked so yeah, creepy. Yeah, yeah. But that was like when, like, that's like towards the end of the movie when he's like kind of desperate. Yeah, and, yeah. He's starting to lose it. Yeah. And yeah, that poor girl is just on the couch. Like, <laughs> Sharonda, the little uh, girl that he basically kidnapped from Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Just picked her right up on the corner. And got her hooked on crack. And she's just dead now. Deadhead. Basically. Sad. How could you live like this? It's, it's repugnant. repugnant. This is some repugnant shit. <laughs> yeah, Sam. I guess we'll talk about Sam Jackson now a little bit. He's great. Uh, he probably is the best. Uh, probably gives the best performance in this film and mm. plays the most interesting character in a way. Yes, definitely. Um, just like in Pulp Fiction. I'd yeah, say. I just felt like I mean just. Pam, she's just not that good of an actress, I don't think. Like, I was just I not feeling it. I think I feel like there's a reason why after this, it's just nothing. And wow. she wasn't having nothing after before this. It's just she's just she can play uh, in Tyler Perry movies. She can be in the older mother. You're mean. She's just not that. It's not that. It's it. It's not that good. <laughs> There's moments when it's like being like when it's completely like entered like a black exploitation movie mode, 
But then moments when it's trying to be like another movie, it's just like, okay, you're just like a subpar actress. I don't think that at all. I thought like uh, Bridget Foster played her Fonda. role better. Fonda played her role better. Racist. Just a clueless white girl. Hey, my favorite character in the movie, Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I, I don't know. I really like Pam Greer in this film. Um, and I, th- I, th- I would say that she's understated. You know, she's she's not as flashy, I would say. Because I think her you whole thing... You don't even know she's going to be the lead of the movie until like 30 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Because, um, yeah, it opens right with... Uh, with Sam Jackson's character, they're, just they're watching, watching a the gun show and the uh, <laughs> girls with guns tape. You're like, what is that? It was a thing conceived. Did you watch it at the end of the, at the end credits? It said that it was that tape was conceived by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> of course, it was. Surprise! It wasn't all their feet. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it like opens with this ridiculous like little VHS tape that they're watching. Yeah, of like these. Like muscle, these I guess fitness girls shooting guns and talking about all the different yeah. machine guns. Yeah, it's basically like porn for gun guys before the. Yeah, it. yeah, pretty much. Um, and really yeah, him random. and him and uh, Robert De Niro are watching it, and he's pointing out like, yeah, you know, this is this gun, and, and how he could sell that gun, how many he sold of it, how easy it is to sell. And why people want to buy certain guns. Yeah. And again, it references movies that Quentin Tarantino likes, <laughs> like the killer John Woo movies. A lot of those movies from Quentin start off with just the f- two characters in the beginning talking. Mm-hmm. His early movies. It's about just something, like random. I don't think Kill Bill starts off that way, though. No, but just like I saw it like Pulp movie. Fiction did. Yeah, because this one does. Reservoir Dogs. Sh- Reservoir Dogs does. Uh, let's see, what else? I think Death Proof, but that is not going to be an It's Not the Worst Movie Ever episode. That's going to be a BMI episode. That's kind of funny. Quentin, you're getting on both podcasts. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah, see, even though he's somebody that I really respect, I don't love all of his movies. Maybe I could do that with Stephanie Myers. watch The Host. Oh, God. Or we can watch The Host for a BMI, because I heard that one's terrible. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, I've heard some pretty bad I love things how about it, that. Just a su- little side rant. We'll talk about when it's a BMI, but I just love how, like, the the futuristic aliens just dro- drove silver SUVs. <laughs> that was how they made them look futuristic, but whatever. Back to Jackie Brown. Uh, Yeah. Um, Michael Keaton, he's just... Do you not like him as an actor? I do like Michael Keaton, but he's just barely in this movie, and it just didn't seem like he cared. Well, I'll tell you a little bit of an interesting story behind that. Um, oh, shit. When Tarantino was uh, casting the film, and uh, he you know, he wanted Michael Keaton uh, for this role, I guess, uh, but when he was going after Keaton, uh, Keaton was constantly like trying to convince him that he was wrong for the role um and for some reason Tarantino was like he never convinced me so I cast him and that's and I guess that's Michael Keaton's thing or it was his thing I don't know if he does this anymore because his career kind of hit hit a bit of a slump kind of right after this well (laughs) no because the movie he did right after this was uh the the snowman movie oh i like that movie jack frost no um <laughs> jack frost and then after yeah, that nice his movie. career hit a slump jack frost is a, a nice movie. flop it's a nice uh, movie because everybody knew it was garbage it's a nice little fun movie f- no snowman comes alive it's it's, his dad. he's creepy as fuck Ugh. no why is it creepy he looks creepy that snowman, like snowman scared me as a kid um but anyway actual horror movies I, yeah, but and I'm watching Jack Frost like laughing and having a good time, not scared at all. And you're like, oh. <laughs> then you watch Jason, nah. and you're like, that's normal. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I'm built differently. I'm built different. I'm built. Different. But yeah, Four I don't. Tough. I don't think Michael Keaton really does that anymore, where he tries to convince 
the director that he's not right for the role. Basically playing like reverse psychology, maybe. Mm. Um. Yeah. So I guess there might be a you, there might be a little bit of truth in him maybe not wanting to play that role. It just seemed like he was just like. But here's a ATF soldier like detective agent. Uh, here's uh, another interest. Uh, here's another interesting thing though. This character appears in another film, which is also based off of a Elmore Leonard novel. Elmore Leonard is the author of the novel that this is based on. You weren't here for that because you were out. You walked out of the room for a second. Um, Fled. Yeah. Uh, this character appears in another movie uh, called Out of Sight. And guess what? Michael Keaton plays him in that movie too. He's just like an AT- ATF agent. Yeah, he's a. Is recur- it another he's Quentin a, movie? He's a recurrent. No, it's not. It's uh, from the director of the Ocean's Eleven movies. Mm. Uh, it has George Clooney in it and Jennifer Lopez, I believe. Mm. And they have a very memorable sex scene. Apparently, I haven't seen it. Sure. <laughs> Uh, Topsexscenes.com <laughs> Mr. Skin <laughs> Remember that <laughs> Before the internet That, became no, that the was internet? the early I that know the Before early the internet, internet became the internet <laughs> Yeah I'm old We're old yeah dude Christ Mr. Skin I remember when that was like referenced on uh, Knocked Up mm-hmm. That's how old we are Cause they were Trying to make that site They were trying to yeah and they didn't know that, that was already a thing and also, it's like, that's a stupid idea. It is. <laughs> if you don't know the idea, it's a website that tracks all nudity in every movie for every actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kind of, you know, creepy. It Well, yeah, it is. Was. I don't know if that... Does that website even still exist? I don't know. I don't know. We'll do some research afterwards, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, we'll let you yeah. know next week. Research. Research. Very valuable research. Um... I will, even though I I say all this talk of shit, I will say this movie does have some good quotes, like any Quentin Cantacunta movie is gonna have, because uh, he is a great like a writer. Great writer, yeah. Um, and then th- th- this 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 kind of started the movie. Here we go, AK forty seven, the best th- the best there is. When you absolutely gotta kill every motherfucker in the room except no substitutes. Yep. Yeah, that's when they're watching the. Uh Girls with guns. And he's like, Yeah, this is the Chinese version. (laughs) And it's true. It's just uh, that thing will just keep shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, I like this line, another Samuel Jackson line. I mean, that was a a Samuel Jackson line. Here's another one. My ass may be dumb, but I ain't no dumbass. That's a totally Quentin Tarantino line. He always has lines. Wait, yeah, wait, what? It's like, Wait, what? But it sounds badass. Yeah, you you don't know why it sounds badass because you're it's like, like that doesn't make in sense. In the hands of a different writer, director, and actor, yeah, it Samuel would sound Jackson terrible. delivers it well. Yeah, because it's intimidating, and it makes it it makes sense when he says it. You're mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Another Samuel Jackson line: You can't trust Melanie, but you can always trust Melanie to be, be Melanie. Melanie. Like I like that. That was when um. Robert De Niro, I mean, Robert De Niro was a good friend. He immediately told him, like, hey, Melanie's trying to get me to b- double-cross you. And he's like, yeah, I know that. It's no problem. And, he's <laughs> like, and Robert De Niro's like, how could you be with a girl, like, have someone like this, be- like, behind your back? He's like, because she's too stupid. She'll never get it over on me. And I know that she's always trying to do that. So I just put her into, like, I just play her, and she does what I want her to do, but she doesn't even know she's doing it. Exactly. <laughs> Which, and then that's what makes him so upset. I mean, we, like, Robert De Niro character shoots her. Because mm-hmm. she's annoying the shit out of him, um, and it like at first like Samuel Jackson's like accepting it. You think he's like okay with it, but then like he brings it up later, and you can tell like he really that was one of the, he shot him because he was pissing him off, but he was also like you, I shot you because you shot Melanie, and because he, he killed him, this I noticed the same way he shot Melanie because he right. asked him like how'd you shoot Melanie? He was like once in the stomach, one in the chest, and, and then shot. when he shot, he shot him Robert in the stomach, and then he put the gun yeah. to his chest and was like, well, here's another line from Samuel Jackson, which is I thought was a good line. What the fuck happened to you, man? Shit. Your ass used to be beautiful. Your ass used to be beautiful. And then he shoots him in the chest. Um, that might but, be my favorite line in the whole movie. Yeah, and, and Robert De Niro's kind of just accepting it. like, uh, But yeah, he's pissed. Because it was like, you just shot her because... 
She, and even when she like he shot her like as she was agreeing to stop being annoying. <laughs> She's like, okay, and he's like, boom, boom. It just felt so out of nowhere. I don't really care that much. I didn't like Melanie. Who cares? She gets shot, <laughs> but like it just, it just seems stupid. It just seemed like an well, excuse for stu- Samuel Jackson to shoot he's him. He's a stupid character. He is. I just hated that character. He just was not. So, he he could have not been there, and the movie would be no different. He didn't do anything. He mm. got Melanie to the mall, <laughs> and Samuel Jackson could have done that. Okay. Um. God damn, girl! How you? There's another Samuel Jackson, Jackson line. I mean, we already said this, but this is. I think we should say it again because it's a good line. Goddamn, girl, how you live like this? Like what? Like this. This is some repugnant shit. Repugnant. Repugnant shit. That was, that was a funny line. That's when his hair's all down. And it's like, well, that's, you bought her that house. Like, it's like, you're the one who gives her crack all the time. Look at her. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. She's not even eating, you bastard. <laughs> you're a horrible person. Yes. Um, and yet he's another the most one. Character. It's like, I just realized, like, all these quotes are basically him. Uh, I think it's a fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's a gun pressed up against my dick. Well, you thought right. Now take your hands around, uh, take your hands off around my throat. N word. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty good line from Jackie Brown. Sounds it's a good moment. Yeah, that's definitely that's when it enters like sex or uh, black exploitation moment. Because uh, the music cues in. A little bit, yeah. Um. Try not to tear his clothes off, okay? They're new. That was when, like, <laughs> Samuel Jackson knew he was going to fuck. Like, like Melanie, Melanie and uh, yeah. Robert were going to fuck. And they do for, like, three seconds. <laughs> three he's minutes. Because like, that's what he does. He coughs. He's old. And he just coughs. He's old, has been criminal. Just coughing. Uh, <laughs> somebody with a grudge blew Beaumont's brains out. Oh, shit. That shit rhymes. Blew Beaumont's brains out. <laughs> that was like, what the fuck? Well, and that's when Max was like staring, looking at him like, you're the one who did it. <laughs> you're a sick fuck. Like, you killed him and now you're joking. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, Sam Jackson is a ruthless. It was, because it was so guy. fucked up. That guy just like, the trunk's open. He thinks he's about to jump out. He's like, man, doing a favor for a boom, boom. Yeah, shoots him in the chest and head. Like shoot him in the head first, so he's at least dead. Like you shot him in the chest, so he gets at a moment of like, <gasps> and then dead. It's like you're fucking evil. Um, yeah, but that's enough for the quote because this movie is two and a half hours. There's more quotes, but like, yeah, I will I say the quote, the quote. We could do the a whole podcast on just the quotes. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any questions for me? Oh, is it that questions time? for lead time? Questions for lead time. Well, this question is. When did you first watch this movie? Because I'm always interested when, like, what age Lee was when he watched these Quentin movies. Or any okay. of your movies, really. Well, as I uh, I think I stated in the, uh, in the Reservoir Dogs video, which is our second episode, by the way. Go check Go it listen out. listen to it. Go listen to it. Uh, I explained that I was exposed to Tarantino's films pretty early on in my life, when I think I was, like, 12 or 13. Mm. Um... But this movie, it took me a little while to uh, get around to because this is, this is kind of the the black sheep of his filmography. It's not a f- true flop. No, it cost twelve million dollars. I didn't know 74. it was that. Uh, I didn't know it was only twelve million dollars. I thought it was a little bit more expensive than that. Makes sense. They're like, but the sets are like malls. Apartments, yeah, yeah. The actors are the only big name ones you got to pay a lot, or Samuel Jackson or Robert, and they'll do Robert favors for you. Um, yeah, and Michael Keaton, you probably have to pay, but the, everyone will do favors because they want to be in a Quentin movie, especially after Pulp Fiction. They'll, yeah, they'll work for scale. Yeah, because they're like, Which oh, this movie's they... gonna make a lot, and like it. I mean, it wasn't like I said, it wasn't a super. It was probably like, at the time like maybe a bit of a critic flop or no, like, the critics liked it. It was. I think it made all, its money, seventy four really million enough. worldwide. I mean, but weird. how much money does Quentin's movies ever really make outside of America? Some of them are pretty big, but like really, like he makes the bulk of his money in America. Some of his movies are Maybe more Europe. successful in Europe than they. I are can see in... Europe and America. What the West, like Asia, yeah. his movies aren't going into China. No, definitely not. You couldn't like censor them to even qualify. He refused to have his uh, movie 
uh, edited for China recently, good. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, okay, good. Uh, that was gonna, they were considering a China release for that film, but he was like, no. Yeah, because they, they would have butchered it. They're not going to re-edit my movie, no. Fuck yeah, that. like, what would they make it? Like, it'd be so weird. Garbage. No. Like, what What are the versions it's they like, watch? Film studios should, like, not do that at Yeah, all. and take a stand, and China just doesn't get our movies. Fuck it. Fuck them. Do it better. Do better and Where's advertise. the artistic integrity yeah, do in do better. That. There's plenty of money to be made in Latin America, America, and Europe, and Asian countries that are free, and don't make us censor and change things. Japan, Taiwan, Thailand, uh, South Korea... All those countries are perfectly Philippines. Like, it's just like it's a disgusting. But practice. they just want there's a billion people. Well, there's India right there. Try to be better at like those markets. The Chinese ones easy. Well, stop that. Fuck them. They, they 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 no. They're not a good market. I'm sorry. Yeah, because they force you to change it. So like, yes. Like, like, so how is yeah. that a good? It just it it's it goes against everything that I think American movie making is about. Yes, but yes. Back to the original, this went a little off topic. Yeah. How, when did you watch this movie? So I, I. Like, how old were you, basically? I think I might have been, might have been maybe like 18, 19 uh, when I first saw this movie. So you were watching this in your apartment? Yes. Like in the apartment days. <laughs> yeah. Beginning of COD. In those days, yeah. Um, I was just thinking, and, like, where was, what era, what Lee am I dealing with? Yeah, and I think when I first watched it, I don't think I really le- loved like liked it all that much. I think I thought it was okay, but I think I kind of thought it was a little like boring the first time I, I watched agree. it. <laughs> but then I watched it again. Um I won't. and I liked it better the second time. I won't begin that opportunity. I and you I know. And I watched it a third time. Oh my god! And I eight watched, hours of his life. And I watched and it even, and I liked it even more. Eight hours. And I think I might have even watched it one more time after oh that. Oh my god! And this might be like, hours and this gone. might be the fifth time that I've watched it. Um, yeah, I like this movie. I'm sorry, just like you like. Hey. I ranted about the movie you really liked. Yes, the hour and a half long movie, my and I haven't watched it fifteen times. Like, oh my god! I'm sorry. I like movies more than you. All right. Well, <laughs> then I guess I mean maybe this. I thought this didn't rank that high. Well, where does this rank in the Quentin Canto movies? Ah, that's that's a very interesting question. Well, let's do the ranking right now, I guess. Uh, well, of the ones we've currently seen. Ones I've currently... Okay. So you could be like, you don't have to fill in the whole list. We don't have to do his entire filmography. Not right this second, but like... Okay. Uh, what we've watched. Where does Reservoir Dogs fit? I think it's it would go Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, and this. I like this better than Reservoir Dogs. I know you like this better than Reservoir Dogs. And this you like a, Pulp Fiction better. This than is Reservoir. a movie. Yeah, I like... Well, yeah. Like Pulp Fiction better than this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I guess my list of c- the current ones we've watched, not ones I because I've seen the other ones, but these are the ones I've we've watched would be You've Pulp Fiction, other, Jackie Brown, and then Reservoir Dogs. You haven't seen all of his movies yet. No, no, but I've seen. But I mean, I've seen like Hateful Eight and Django and Chain. Django Chain would be obviously number one, but we haven't got there yet in the podcast. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, that doesn't rank as high as you'd probably like it to, but yeah. I love that movie. But it's okay. I know. Probably my second f- or third favorite movie of his, but like a real like low distant third. Like the first two are like so much higher and the first yeah. one's so high. Yeah, I love Django too. But Pulp Fiction is probably my favorite. I'm overall. surprised you like uh Reservoir Dogs better than this. Okay. Um. I'll, I'll. It's gonna be interesting to watch that list change and see where these things go. Um. What's your favorite part in this movie? My favorite scene. Or part. You know, it doesn't have to be exactly a scene. Like you'd be like, I oh, really yeah, love the part. music, or I really did. Or if it's a scene that really stuck out to you. Oh, there's a lot of things. I it's like always about just your favorite film. part. I. It's a hard question to answer. 
Sometimes. Um, <laughs> I do. Li- I really do like the soundtrack to this film. I love all the black exploitation. Yeah, I like the soundtrack. Quentin's got usually good soundtracks because he always uses music from other like movies and uh, music people don't usually use. Yeah, and like he, yeah, and he also uses like he likes more obscure kind of random stuff, like country random songs stuff, that people yeah. haven't heard in decades, but that were hugely popular back in the yeah, day. He's a Things that were popular during his childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was growing up. Yeah, he puts everything that he loves into his movies, and that's mm. that's why I like him. Yeah, I, I I could I give that to him definitely because you can really see the passion and the love. He loves movies and everything he does. Yes, and that's what makes him great, and that's what makes him uncancelable. Yeah, because he truly is just an autistic for movies. He never grabbed a titty because he was just thinking about a movie too much. Yeah, exactly. He, he maybe he might like feet, but whatever. He's he, never forced. He, he, any. I don't even think he it would have come out so much by now. Uma Thurman would have been like, "Yeah, he fucking came on my feet when I was sleeping, and it was horrible, and he held a knife to my throat." <laughs> like, the, the the worst, but no, the worst thing he did to her was that he yeah yeah he got went her a little hurt. Too extreme. Yeah, he went a little too extreme, and he even apologized. And, and like, they're okay now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And he was just—he probably got too fired up in the moment. Exactly. Things happen, and like, like, in the retrospect, you go like, "Jesus Christ, I'm sorry." Like, call me out, and she did. That's why he didn't do it anymore. Yeah, he's and why they haven't worked together for a little while. But no, yeah, maybe they will if he's not. That'd be cool. I'd love face. to see a reunion one more time. Kill Bill Nine. No, <laughs> please, Quentin, do not do Kill Bill Volume Three. We don't need it. What would be the point? I don't know. Give us a Jago Chain Two or something. No, don't do a sequel. Just make one last make really Ants great the movie. sequel. Ants? The animated movie, Ants. What? <laughs> he should make the sequel to that. He should make the next Muppets movie. No. And he should reference the, the the Muppets movie that like he was in. The Muppets are terrible. He was in a Muppets movie. That's good. He's probably terrible because all Muppets are terrible. <laughs> I hate the Muppets. I think he was in like Muppets Go to Oz the or something. The only good thing about the Muppets are the memes that came out of uh, Kermit the Frog. How uh, do you not like the Muppets? Just, I hated them. I never liked them as a kid. You know, I like, want him to make the sequel. Don't just blow past this. I want him to make the sequel to Ants. Why? Do you remember that movie, Ants? Of course I remember that movie. That's a good movie. It's got it's Sylvester okay. Stallone in it. As the Woody giant Allen. And Woody Allen. It's got that crazy graphic like war scene between the termites and the rat or the ants. Yeah. Yeah, like I remember monsters, that. Monsters and they're melting them and they're like, oh, it's like Save It Private Ryan, but for ants. <laughs> I always kind of, I think I like that movie better than A Bug's Life. I think they both. Oh, I love Bug's Life too, but ants is like the adult one a little bit. They both came out the same year. That's why I mentioned A Bug's Life. And they're both about ants. Yeah, some fucked up shit that happens in that movie. Remember those like B couple gets like stepped on. They're like, we will be loved together, and then they die. Um, it's been a while. Wow. But yes. What a Sorry, conversation. keep getting sidetracked. What was your favorite part? God, it's really hard to put my finger on just one singular. You must thing. Ten um, seconds. Ten, nine, eight. I guess I just like how. Like different it is from his other films. How more laid back it is. Isn't it funny he never does it again? Because it didn't really like. And he's like, ooh. Because you know it didn't get a huge, warm like audience response. He wanted to make a more. I think he wanted to make a real like crowd pleasing movie. Again after he does Kill Bill. Yeah, because that yeah it's more of an action movie. It's more you know. It's classic a revenge tale. Everyone likes a good it's revenge just a tale. Simple revenge movie, but done in his style. Um Those are some questionable moments. <laughs> I'm not honestly, okay. I'm not the biggest fan of uh Kill Bill. I guess that's a good favorite part. Well, what's your least favorite part? I think it's These too are two long. classic questions. Yes, I, I agree. This movie obviously I agree. This is the beginning. But this movie could have been half an hour shorter. You know what I think this is the beginning of? This is the beginning of Tarantino's indulgent streak. Yes, because the scene where like after like the money, I get it. Like you got to set up like she's pretending. So if the cops are watching her from a distance that she looks distraught from the whole time, mm-hmm. but it's like fucking 10 minutes of her just walking through the mall. There's lots of scenes where like, okay, cut. Just- okay, cut. Okay, cut. Come on, cut. 
Alright, we don't need to see any more of this. Cut. It's just the like, ending, the very ending I was doing that. Yeah, you that, you even saw me doing just it. Driving for like and, and it's just like focuses and it just holds on her face for like ten seconds. And it's is like, she about to like, is that guy gonna pull up next to her? Or like what's gonna happen? Nope, I'm done. Nope, just and directed written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. This movie like, easily could have been half an hour shorter and you wouldn't miss anything. You could you wouldn't have to miss anything. There is no more. reason for it to be this long. Yeah, two hours, and I could, this movie would have been more enjoyable. Because a yeah. lot of this movie is because it's just like I'm just getting bored. I'm just like like I get like like during movies. Yeah, I do mind. feel like, even yeah. I love like his, sitting in a theater. This movie be hard. <laughs> I bet it would. I'd have uh, to get up and go pee. Um, yeah, I think I I even think that some of the dialogue scenes go on a little too long. Yeah, they're just yeah. talking about nothing. It's, 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 at a point, it seems like he's just writing. Right. And he doesn't know how to yeah. end the conversation. Right, yeah. And he's just waiting for the next scene to come and, and interrupt the situation. I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, this is based off of pre-existing material. You'd think he would, Well, maybe know, that was why, maybe from, like, changing it so much, it kind of, like, fucked himself. Yeah. Like, into this rabbit hole of, like, oh, I I got to still do the overall plot, but now I got to do it in this, like, exploitation-y kind of way, and it's making the dialogue a lot harder because you're still having the original plot, which is not a black exploitation thing at all. Mm-hmm. And now you're making it like that. And it's before the original plot just sounds like white, whitey, whitey, white. It just sounds like a white thing. <laughs> he made the, like, the whitest movie and tried to make a very black movie <laughs> out of it. Which is like, I think you could, if you were going to do this, you could have done it in a different time or did it with a different movie. I, I just don't think this maybe was the best choice. I think he should have done this more like faithful adaption. But then I don't think he should do adaptions. Well, I don't think he's the director you go to to adapt your movie or well, book. the only thing he's ever... Done an Maybe adaptation. The last our author that asked him to do it, because <laughs> the author was like, "Yeah, I get told him it," and then he was took my book and changed it all. No, apparently, the author was actually really happy with this movie. He says it was, he it actually says it was the best adaptation of his work that he had ever seen. This doesn't want to get canceled back then. Um. Okay. Well, that was it. Much easier. Yes, and we both agree with it's way too long. Um. Yeah. Indulgence. Well, I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you my little final thoughts and rec- uh, uh, rating, and then we'll get right to yours. Well, I think we can kind of guess where we're going with this. I thought this movie was boring with moments of excitement, mostly <laughs> Samuel Jackson moments. Um, even the moments of other characters I like, I like them because Samuel Jackson's doing something in them. Or, or with saying something, doing or something with, with them, them yeah. yeah. Um, this movie just it's 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 a five out of five, five out of ten. That's actually higher than I thought. I can't it give gonna, it like I thought it was gonna be a four. No, because it, this movie is just that just with me. It's just a movie. It just it's average. Blur, it's average. It's yeah, average it's for you. Blur. Yeah, it just hits the middle ground. Dead cent metal. Can't really say it's like really bad. Feels like that's just hating on it to hate on it. But I yeah. would not say this is good. To me, personal opinion. Okay. Um. So yeah, just average. But I don't. Uh, Samuel Jackson makes it not. This would have been a six if it wasn't a half an hour so long. Yeah, if it was a half an hour shorter. Yeah, I might have gotten a six above because average. It could have been. I think it would have been more fast paced. It would have been like more things happening, and it would be these moments of just like. Because <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, excitement, and now we got 15 minutes of just staring at her face as she just <laughs> wanders around a place. And you're just like, oh my god, she just bought a suit. I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, now let's get over to Lee and get his final thoughts. Final thoughts and ranking or rating. Uh, well, I. I f- uh, I think we were kind of like, or at least I was. I was kind of all over the place with this movie, um, but uh, this is one. Of, yeah, this is a movie that, like I said earlier, uh, the plot isn't super important. Um, Tarantino himself described the film as a hangout movie. Uh, basically, uh, it's the movie where you kind of just you hang out with the characters as they, you know 
kind of go through this little situation and you just oh, watch how they cool. interact. I, Tarantino likes His roguish characters. So much different. Yeah. He likes, How am I going to hang out with a drug dealer or an arms dealer? He likes dealer roguish characters. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Character, like, he's kind of like David. <laughs> he's kind of like David. Yeah, he likes he likes anti-heroes. He likes the most interesting person in the room. Even he, if they're fucking the guy going like, crack cocaine is good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm going to talk to that guy. That guy seems interesting. Yeah. and You know what? We didn't really talk too much about uh, Robert Forrester. At least I didn't. You just wrote him off as... White man, he got nominated for an Oscar for this movie. Weirdly enough, what? Yes, the sole Oscar nomination for this movie was for Robert for Forrester. Samuel Jackson. It was for Robert Forrester. I think there's a little racism behind yeah, that. Yeah, because Tarantino seems... was super upset that uh, Pam Greer didn't get a nomination. Oh, well, I don't think she should have. But <laughs> you're terrible. Maybe a nomination just to give her a no- uh, Quentin a nod, but no, she shouldn't have won. Um, I don't yeah. know what year that is, but I know that she shouldn't win Best Actress Oscar for any. Robert Forrester, by the way, lost to Robin Williams that year. Good, this because was... that role was, I'm just there. No. I'm Robert I, Forrester. I think, again, he was he is a more understated actor, and also a ca- an actor who was experiencing a bit of a career slump. Uh before Tarantino came along. I don't know if this fixed it. He he did some other things after this. He was able to actually get some parts after this. Well, let's um, get him into the uh, last man standing as grandpa, and then we're good. You're terrible. That's what I knew him from. Uh, rest in peace, though, because he, yes. he passed away recently. Um, that was, that was sad. Uh, other people would recognize him from Breaking Bad. He was the uh, the character that helps... Walter uh, escape at the end of the series. And I saw a picture of him when he was young. Man, he was a handsome man. He was. He was. Uh, he was. He's. He did a lot of exploitation movies, which is again Tarantino's fucking you know Shout bread and butter. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's another a- uh, actor that Tarantino wanted to work with because he loves character actors. Robert Forrester is definitely. You, he has that look. A classic look of a older character actor. He's the tough dad that you, uh, the the main character who's like an action hero has to go out and meet in the woods because his dad lives in the middle of the woods. He's got <laughs> traps and shit. He's that character. Yeah. Where he's like the gruff mechanic. Uh, uh, but then he'll give like the guy. Like, his you know what other movie you would recognize him from? Uh, Me, myself, and Irene. He plays the, I guess the head of the. State Troopers, the one who actually likes Jim Carrey, and he narrates the film. Oh, yes. I like that movie. That movie's so weird. I actually kind of like it, too. Because it's so weird. It is. It adopts those black children. It's a Fairly Brothers film. His adopted black children are so weird. The scene where he goes... Okay, we just talked about that movie. Yeah, yeah, we're... Yeah. But I... Um, Yeah. I just wanted to give him a little bit of a shout-out, because I like Robert Forrester... Um, and I think he's really good in this movie. I think there's this sort of, uh, I don't know, I think he's kind of like a sad character. Yeah, know? I wish he would have gone with her, but maybe he does. Maybe. It sort of implies because he, you know, he hangs up on the... As he's hearing them talk, and he's just like, Ugh. Can I call you back later? <laughs> like, am I going to do hey, this, or am I going to go sit in Spain with this beautiful woman? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to give him a shout-out. And... And that's another interesting thing about this movie. Uh, Tarantino, I think he was like in his late 30s when he was making this movie. Um, but it's a movie like about like older people. Like a- it's about aging, I I would say. And what are you gonna do like in the twilight, like towards the end of your yeah, life? Even the criminals are like getting towards retirement. Yeah, it's like what, like what can like I can't keep doing the same bullshit and. This is yeah, it's a theme that's like repeated throughout the movie. Like, are you really gonna keep doing this for the rest of your life? Like, you've been you're, you've been a stewardess all your life, and you only make this much this amount of money. Um, so yeah, I think there's I, that's another reason why I like the movie is because it kind of is dealing with heavier themes than I think he's ever he's dealt with in 
his previous movies and even in some of his movies after this that I like more, but I would say this movie might have the most substance. Message. Sure. I like to say theme, but... I like to say message. Fine. (laughs) To each his own. But, yeah. I guess I'll get to the rating now. Um, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I really like this I'm going to retroactively film. change that to a 7. You're going to change my rating for me. Okay. I know. When the, you listen to this podcast, Lee's like, I give it a 7, seven out, out of, of 10. ten. <laughs> and me just going like, that's a fair rating, and you are right. And then, <laughs> bye, everybody. <laughs> uh, it's like the Chinese government came in and re-edited this podcast. <laughs> Made it better. No, I'm just kidding. Well, that's that is surprisingly high, um, especially how low it ranks on like the rating. Uh, but I guess you did give Pulp Fiction nine or ten out of ten, and yeah, I gave Pulp Fiction Reservoir Dogs nine out of ten. There's a two out of ten. Uh, I was just kidding. I gave I gave that a half a star. Um, yeah, I know. Okay, well, that's Lee's rating. Everybody, well, leave down in the comments below why it's bad. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Everybody, well, this is the exciting time of what we get to find out, what we find out we're watching next week. And I'm following the theme of like, oh, well, you know how we every once in a while come back and revisit our good old pal, Quentin Contacunta. I think it's come, it's time to come back and visit our gal pal, Stephanie Myers. We're going to watch New Moon. Uh, it's been too long. Uh, I don't want to wait till Halloween. Um <laughs> And we'll talk a lot about uh, we'll talk about this more in the uh, next week, but I will say this is also my least favorite of the Twilight movies. But that's all I'm going to say right now. Mm. Um, as always, uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to us. We hope you enjoyed the movie. If you decide to go and watch it yes, afterwards, I recommend the film. I recommend half-heartedly uh, recommend. Recommend it. Um, but yes, but otherwise, please leave a rating, a review. Uh, please leave a rating, review, or share the podcast. It helps us out. It's a free way uh, to get a, to help promote us to the front page and get us more people listening to this podcast. The more people that listen, the longer we'll be able to do this thing, and the more fun we have. We have some big. Uh, we have some uh, some cool changes coming up this year. We hope to accomplish this year. Nothing like too major, but some cool upgrades. Look out! Look forward to yeah, that. Yeah. Follow us on our Instagram and our TikTok at It's Not the Worst Movie Ever Pod. Uh, we do uh, weekly content about the movies. You get some extra interesting facts that you might not have heard of on the podcast about the actors or the movie, etc. Um, mm-hmm. You can also find our personal Instagrams link there for mm. nothing. Um, yeah, but I'm not very whatever. Active. If you want to follow it, follow it. Support us. We love doing this. We love you. We hope you enjoy it. We hope you see you next week. Your ass was never beautiful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>